Thank you. Good morning, Broncroft. How's everybody doing today? Beautiful, beautiful. Well, you may have noticed when I walked up, I walked with a bit of a limp. Today, as we look at the story of Ehud, I'm going to kind of weave my own personal story into Ehud's story. As we look at those stories, what I do want you to know, though, that Ehud's story, my story, is really your story, but it's ultimately God's story. But before we do that, I want to take a look back at last week and talk a little bit about Pastor Rob's sermon, which is really about guarding our faith, guarding our faith, because there's a lot of things competing for our attention. There's a lot of things that are temptations in the world, false gods that we buy into. Rob talked a little bit about, you know, whether it's family or jobs, career, financial. And if we let those things get, get into our lives in such a way that they become our God rather than God being our God, they can pull us away. And what Rob cautioned is that those temptations are there for a reason. They're there to create a healthy tension in our lives that can actually strengthen our faith if we keep our eye on Jesus Christ. Now, we're going to turn your attention to our screen today. For those of you who are over the age of 12, this is a dot to dot. You probably haven't seen one in a long time. All right? And what this dot to dot represents is really God's plan for our lives. See, God does have a plan for our lives. And, and for most of us, when we think of that plan, this is what we see. We're not sure what's going on. But when we start to look back, the lines start to come together. And what we realize is that each of these dots, these connections, are people and events that happened in our lives that make us who we are. Because God, throughout our lives, is preparing us for something greater. So as we go through our story, you'll begin to see how the dots come together for myself, for Ehud. And I'll ask you to reflect on your own life and think about how those dots, those people, those situations come together in your own life. So let's talk about Ehud. Ehud's a very interesting character in the Bible. All right? First of all, we learned just a second ago he's left-handed, right? Doesn't seem like a big deal. But you've got to know, at that time, being right-handed was considered a sign of power and strength. Power and strength. And the reason for that is your right hand was the hand that you would pull your sword out of your left side with. And full armies were made with right-handed people who were powerful that wore big swords, but Ehud was left-handed. He was also from the tribe of Benjamin, which doesn't sound like a big deal. Tribe of Benjamin is one of the 12 tribes of Judah. However, what's interesting about being from the, 12, from the tribe of Benjamin is that the word Benjamin literally means son of my right hand. So we have a left-handed guy from a tribe that literally means son of my right hand. The next thing we learn is that the tribe of Benjamin at this time in history, and its history is the smallest of the 12 tribes of Judah, the least influential, and the one that has the fewest people in it. So we have this 12 tribes of Judah. They take this guy, and we start to see this theme building, a theme that God has used throughout the Bible, and that is that God uses our weaknesses to demonstrate his strength. God uses our weaknesses to demonstrate his strength. And throughout that story, this theme is going to come up. I want to take a minute and read an additional verse 
2 Corinthians 9 and 10, that brings us to bear. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. God uses our weaknesses to demonstrate his strength. The dots start to come together. The picture starts to become a little bit more clear as he does this. You see, in our story, Ehud, what we really find out is he's not actually left-handed, but that his right arm is paralyzed. When you look at the Hebrew text, it actually indicates that he has a disability. You see, I know a little bit about disability. At the age of three and a half, I was in a serious snowmobile accident and lost my left leg. And what I can tell you about that is that God uses those situations to show his strength. There's two questions I get whenever I talk about this story. Did it hurt? And do you remember it? And the first question is, did it hurt? No. Not during the accident, not during my hospital stay, and never since. God's first gift to me, no pain ever. The second question, do I remember it? I do remember it. I was three and a half. I don't remember it all, but I remember the highlights. What I remember first and foremost is that my dad had stabilized my injury and laid me carefully in the back seat of the family car so he could rush me to the hospital. And I remember my mother sitting in the front seat crying and me saying to her, Mom, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And what I can tell you is that was 50 years ago that that happened, 50 years ago this year. And it has been okay. And in fact, it's been better than okay. I would tell you that single event in my life has changed my life for the better in so many ways. And I can only see it when I start to look back and I start to connect the dots. For me, the first blessing that I received was in the form of my Irish mother. Stubborn and tenacious, she had one goal for my life, and that is I would grow up and become a normal young boy. For her, normal meant that I would be able to do all the things that other kids my age would be able to do. Where that began is every week for a year, she would take me to the doctor and I would learn how to walk. Then she would pick me up every Tuesday, early from school, to go to swimming lessons for four years until I learned how to swim. She saw to it that I would learn how to ride a bike. Scrapes and bruises took me two years to learn how to ride a bike. And then every Sunday, all winter long, she'd wake up our entire family at 5 a.m. We'd make sandwiches, hot chocolate. My sisters are in front laughing as they remember this. And we'd get in a car with those bald tires, and we'd slick our way for two hours through the snow to get to Greek Peak where I would learn to ski. We did that for four years. 
And today I'll tell you I'm a pretty darn good downhill skier. <laughs> you see, through my mother, God gave me this tremendous gift. And it came in the form of perseverance because she would never give up on me. See, in Ehud's time, when we look back to Ehud, here's a guy who lives in a society that is basically physical labor. You're either a farmer or a carpenter. You're doing physical labor of some sort, and and he has no use of his right arm. And so God is beginning Ehud's story right at that point. And he starts to bake into Ehud some characteristics like perseverance, like overcoming obstacles, like courage, all that will serve God's purposes down the road. For me, the second gift in my life was in the form of my brother Mark. Mark was 15 months older than I was, but he was also my protector and my defender. He was six foot three and 215 pounds as a freshman in high school. Not a lot of people coming after me. <clears throat> yeah. He had another interesting character trait. He had no tolerance, none, for self-pity. God's second gift to me was that my brother would bake into me the idea that helping others who are weaker than you or need your help was essential. And don't you ever feel sorry for yourself, ever. In Ehud's case, I wonder if he had someone like my brother Mark in his life that did the same thing. I wonder as we look at my life and Ehud's life, the dots coming together. Who are those people that in both of our lives that strengthened us and encouraged us and defended us? Because Ehud would go on after God's preparation, and our next theme is building here, and this is this theme of preparation. Jeremiah 29, 11 reads like this. I know the plans I've made for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. You see, God has always had a plan for our lives. It doesn't necessarily look like a dot to dot, but he puts people and situations in our lives to prepare us for something greater. So our second big idea is this. All of life is a preparation, and God has a greater plan. All of life is a preparation, and God has a greater plan. The dots become connected. The picture becomes more clear. The third blessing in my life came in the form of my teachers, my coaches, my family, and my friends. You see... When you have a disability that is visible in our culture today, what happens is people treat you a little nicer. They give you a little bit more time. They're a little kinder. I grew up thinking that I was smarter and funnier than I really am. (laughs) It's true. They'll attest to it. They're always telling me, get it under control. But you see, I think Ehud probably didn't have that, right? He grew up in a culture where if you were disabled, you were shunned. It was a curse from God. It was a punishment from God. And I wonder what character traits that baked into his life. Maybe some resolve, maybe some personal grit, maybe some toughness and some thick skin, all of which 
would serve God's purposes extremely well. You see, the story really isn't about me. It's not about Ehud. It's about all of us. But it's really God's story. Because God takes our weaknesses to show his strength. God has a plan for us. All of life is a preparation. And God has a greater plan. I'd like you each to close your eyes for just a moment. I'd like you to think about that time in your life when you went through tremendous difficulty. Because all of us have. Nobody gets a free pass. All of us have been through difficulty. And most of us have been through pretty serious difficulty. Maybe it was the loss of a loved one. Maybe it was the end of a relationship. Maybe it was a significant health scare or a financial setback or a business that came to an end. As you think about that, I want you to think about what did you learn from it? What did you learn about yourself? What did you learn about God? What new skills and abilities perhaps are you developing or do you have as a result of that? Open your eyes. That difficult time for my close friend Jack Benjamin came about four years ago. Jack Benjamin was the guy who hired me to my current company 30 years ago. He was a mentor and a friend. He was a tremendous, tremendous support and encourager to me for many, many years. And four years ago, I got a call from Jack. I could tell right away something was wrong. His voice was shaky, and he had nothing to say. And I said, Jack, what's going on? He said, I just found out that my son, Ken, has ALS, and I don't know what to do. I didn't have a lot to say, so I invited Jack to have breakfast with me a week later. I remember that breakfast very specifically because we went to the coal tower in Pittsburgh for the first time. Most of you have been there. And I walked in and I saw my friend, and I could see he was heartbroken. And the first thing I did is I grabbed him and I hugged him. And it was the longest hug that we've ever had. And the tears began to flow. I love this man, and he was heartbroken. We sat down, and for the first time in our lives, we prayed together. More tears, more discussion. And at that time, I offered to Jack, let's meet once a month. I wanted a chance to give back to the kind of support and encouragement that he had given me for 25 years. And so every month, we would meet, and we would pray, and we would cry, and we would hold hands right there, the coal tower in Pittsburgh. And over the next two years, Jack would share stories. He would share stories of his time with Ken. They went fishing together. He had a chance to tell Ken how much he loved him, how proud he was of him. He got time to spend time with his grandson, Ken's son, and Ken's wife, Renee. And over those two years, Ken's health continued to decline. 
In October 2015, Ken passed away. And Jack and I made a decision that day that we would continue to meet every month. His family was heartbroken. His wife was heartbroken and still is to this day. But you see, Jack, what could have been a tragedy in his life, what could have sent him into a deep hole of bereavement, did exactly the opposite. Because God had a plan for Jack. And what happened over the next two years, what I got to observe in his personality and his behavior was like nothing I've ever seen. Each month, Jack's joy and his peace would rise. His faith in Jesus Christ would rise. And if you saw Jack five years ago versus the Jack I see today, he was a good guy back then. He is on fire for the Lord today. He has a light and a power in him that I just can't wait to be around every time I see him. Some of you here today are going through significant difficulty, and I have no intention of making light of that. But I want you to know God has a plan for your life. God loves you. God is faithful. And there is hope. There is hope. Some of you are in a better place today. Things are going well. But like the nation of Israel, it's when things go well that we tend to put our reliance on ourselves and not on God. We tend to take our eye off the ball and start to think that we're all that. I caution you to listen to Rob's message. This is your opportunity to go deeper with your faith, not to relax. Some of you have never had a relationship with Jesus Christ. And for those of you that are in that situation, I would ask you to simply look at your life story. God's been with you the whole time. There's been people in your lives that you just knew came from something greater. There's been situations that you've been put through, that you've come out the other side, that you knew that something greater was involved. And when you look at the whole picture, you'll start to see that the dots are connected. They're not just a bunch of separate dots with no plan. What I would ask you to do is something very simple. And that is just open up your heart and ask God to come to you. And he will. Let us pray.